0: I don't know about you, Jonathan, but if I ever use the word Peloton or tell people I co-host a podcast called Beyond the Peloton, then they, they're like, oh, cool. So you've, you saw podcasts about people riding exercise bikes?
1: Welcome back. I'm Jonathan Kaplan. I'm the author of Riding With newsletter that covers the Americans riding at the highest levels of professional cycling in Europe. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at riding underscore with underscore J-E-K. You can find the newsletter on Substack at ridingwithkaplan.substack.com. R-I-D-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-K-A-P-L-A-N, ridingwithkaplan.substack.com. We're back for stage three of the Tour de France in part two with Andrew Vance, the host of the Choose the Hard Way podcast, and the co-host with Spencer Martin of Beyond the Peloton. So we're going to learn more today to break down sort of the ins and outs and the jargon of the sport and the race itself to help you become smarter and more informed about the world's biggest bike race. So with that, let's get to it. Some terms that that you hear, and one I think is that Bob Roll, who does the play by play for the on, on Peacock, where most Americans will probably watch the tour. Um, yeah, you know, th- you know, the writers got to get back on terms, <laughs> and I think it's become like a thing. Um, you know, it's I mean it's sort of self evident what it means, but it's I think he's added to like the lexicon. Do you want do you want to explain? What what he what we think he means by that? Back on terms.
0: Yeah, I think he's saying that they need to get their stuff together <laughs> and and get back in the race. Yeah, like yeah. that, yeah, that things have gone a bit sideways for them, and if if they want to get things done, then it's time to get things in order. It's so clinical yeah. though. It's
1: like it makes it sound as if it's so easy, and and anyone who's ridden a bike knows it's not. Okay, neutral start.
0: Yeah. Okay. A neutral start is that's when the race rolls out. And if you're watching the broadcast, you will see the race director is in a red car at the front of the race. During a neutral start, there's no competition. No one can attack and everyone has to stay behind that red car in the front. And then when the racing actually starts, you will see the race director wave a They literally wave a flag around to let everybody know like, Hey, the flags dropped. It's time to go you'll often see neutral starts when there are extra dangerous conditions and to be clear every inch of every mile of every road or every yeah you know, whatever every centimeter of every kilometer of every road these these riders ride on they're hazardous they're on open roads there's road furniture everywhere which those are traffic calming measures things like traffic islands roundabouts far more popular in Europe than they are in the United States unfortunately right. Uh, From a safety point of view, but from a professional cycling point of view, those are are extreme hazards, and the riders are flying along sometimes 35, 40 miles an hour in a pack of 200 people. They can't see what's coming, and then it's like, oh, there's a a crosswalk sign in front of me, and unfortunately, we see that all the time where a rider just rides into a (laughs) signpost and is destroyed, causes a giant crash, and... It's out of the race. So during a neutral start, there might be they might be leaving a city center with particularly narrow roads mm-hmm. or more even more traffic furniture than usual to keep it safe. They kind of have it's a bit like a parade lap, and they stay behind the race director's car until the flag drops, and then that's when it's let the bodies hit the floor. It gets right, hot, right? Yeah, I think for stage two last year
1: they wrote it started outside of Copenhagen. They rode – the, the neutral star was quite long because they they rode to a point where the race stopped. Um, I think they met the king of Denmark, and maybe the prime minister or something. Um, so yeah, was like, yeah, I mean a that's yeah, a, that's to a it good as well.
0: Yeah, I guess they paid a lot of money. That was extra weird, um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I thought it, was, I just thought it was quite. You know. It was,
1: I thought it was quite nice. I mean, it's kind of cool. I mean, sometimes you'll see the French president in in the race car. It's, you know, it's interesting. I mean, it just underscores yeah. like what a huge, huge event it is um, in in France and in Europe. Yeah. Okay, so we, we kind of cover the Peloton. You mentioned parkours, road furniture. What's the breakaway?
0: The breakaway is when someone attacks. An attack is, you know, if you think about, If you're in a foot race as a child and you're going along at a pretty regular pace and then someone sprints to try to get away from you, that's what we would call a breakaway attempt in cycling. If that person uh, created separation from you and your buddies who were running along on the playground or whatever and then someone else joined them, uh, if they were alone, that would be a solo breakaway. If they were with more than one person, then it would just be called A breakaway and that group has broken away from the peloton we didn't talk about this i don't know about you jonathan but if i ever use the word peloton or tell people i co-host a podcast (laughs) called beyond the peloton then they they're like oh cool so you you saw podcasts about people riding exercise (laughs) bikes no uh uh peloton is a french word and that of course means the main field or group of cyclists in a bike race, right. right? So like, that's what a Peloton is when someone breaks away, they have broken away from the Peloton and they're what's called up the road. Cause they're literally up the road, up the road. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. thought Spencer was funny. He's like, no, the Peloton is not that thing in the basement that you
1: never use. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, totally. This is one thing that actually unchained did explain the, 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 the role of a domestique, or And, you know, are what most Americans have, or some Americans on the world tour have become the super domestiques.
0: Right. Yeah. So the domestique, it just, that is a worker, basically. It, um, it's, it literally translates, I believe, as servant. And yes. that's a writer on the team whose, <clears throat> whose job is just to do things to protect the leader on their team and to make life easier for them. If we were to be super reductive. They do things to the domestique will ride in front so that their leader is not riding into the wind. Uh, if you're not familiar with the physics of bike racing and you're like, why are they always riding around in a group? This doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Well, the people, the farther back you are, if you have people in front of you, the farther back you are, the more benefit you're getting from being in the draft of the people in front of you who are breaking they're breaking the wind and sheltering you from the wind that benefit can be as high as a 40% energy savings depending on how many people you have in front of you or around you and what the direction and intensity of the wind is so that's why riders ride so close together and that's why you don't typically see the team leader at the very front until the end of the race and what the domestique is doing they're getting paid sometimes not much money, sometimes a lot of money um, to protect the leader of the race and to do things like, you know, these races can be five, six hours sometimes. You have to drink a lot of water bottles or carb drink or electrolytes, whatever. You need to eat a lot of food. And to do that, sometimes you'll see people on the side of the road handing up what are called musets, which is a bag that contains different food the riders might eat or drink. And also they have to go get food and drink from the team car. And so that's something that a domestique will do. It's a very hazardous job. And then they of course have to work their way back up with to their team leader. So like it's a really brutal job. And you know, uh unlike other professional sports, Jonathan, sometimes there there could be people in the Tour de France that you know, are, you might think like, Hey, these are professional athletes. They're highly paid. That's, you know, the riders at the top level of the sport are maybe, and I'm talking like probably definitely less than 10 people, maybe five or clearing like five, $6 million us. And, and then from there you have a handful of support riders. So if you were what's called a super domestique, that's someone like the American Sep who is, a phenomenal world-class climber, one of the best in the world. And his job is typically pacing his team leader, Jonas Vingegaard, or in other races, Primoz Roglic in the high mountains. And he's good enough to win stages, uh, climbing stages and other stages. But, you know, he's forfeiting his chance of victory to pace his leader in those environments. And he's probably making a million and a half dollars a year, maybe more than that. Mm. Um, to to go out there and be this domestique, uh, it's a very hard job. You have to have a world class physiology, of course, to do that and be a climbing super domestique. You have to perform day to day, but you don't have the pressure of having to right, win. Right. And you know, uh, we didn't really talk about this, but there are people who have that physiology and all the physical gifts, and even can drive a bike really well, and they just can't handle the pressure you know so like being able to handle all of the attention and celebrity that comes with winning is very different from being someone who's gifted enough to win right as you know and like whatever you know that from all the (laughs) things you've done professionally right (laughs) right right that's axiomatic for for politics for business for whatever like you know, there's having the gift, being able to do it. And then there's, can you actually handle right, it once right. you're good at it? Right. <laughs> I don't know. I think. Different things. I think Sepp yeah. Goose is
1: living his best life. I mean, he's.
0: Yeah, I think so too. You know, right. Without yeah. the pressure.
1: He's, he. you know, I think he got married recently. He's living in the Andorra region in the mountains in Northern Spain. He, he speaks the language. I think he's, he's pretty, he's good to go, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. But no, I mean, Top it's like, it's incredible. for that guy. Sorry. It's, yeah. it's incredible that you know the best cyclists earn what sort of a mid-level relief pitcher you know mid um mid you know um middle middle relief pitcher would make in the in the in the major leagues
0: yeah and it kind of going back to the danger thing all professional sports have hazards and professional cycling the consequences of failure can be death as we saw tragically yeah. in the past week we had Gino Mater die he went off the side of a road on a high speed descent and he, he died. Right. And there are horrific, catastrophic injuries in almost every bike race, people with broken bones, severe concussions, sometimes death. And, you know, that's not happening when somebody's walking out on the field to, uh, whatever pitch in the eighth inning or run a marathon. yeah, Yeah. So, well, look, this is great. You're,
1: you're so good at what
0: you do. Um,
1: and I really appreciate
0: it. Hey, Jonathan, I really appreciate you and everything that you're doing with writing with Kaplan. I really enjoy reading the newsletter. It's been awesome to see what you've done during the past year. I remember the I feel like the first conversation that we had when you were thinking about starting <laughs> to do this, I don't remember if it was a year ago or two years ago. Year you ago were, yeah. I think you were going to Yeah, you were going to it was around this time of day. I remember it like it was That's yesterday. Right. You were That's dropping right. the yeah, we're driving today. to work. Near yeah. the end of the school year. Yeah. yeah, you're maybe dropping the kids off at school. And look at you a year later, man. It's been awesome to, to see your rise. So looking forward to listening to the rest of these podcasts and all the people who are way smarter than me that you're likely to have <laughs> on here. And, and I'm looking forward to see what's coming out in the newsletter next. And if people would like to hear more of me or check some of my stuff out, please, you can go to choose the hardway.com or at HardwayPod on social you can find Choose the Hard Way everywhere you listen. My podcast is about how doing hard things is fun and how hard things build stronger humans. I have a lot of professional cyclists on the show and people from other domains of, uh, of life, sport, professional life. And then I also co-host Beyond the Peloton with Spencer Martin. So if you want to hear me chop it up, talk more pro cycling, you can check out either of those podcasts. And thanks so much for having me here today, Jonathan. Sure. I really appreciate it. That was awesome. Thank you.
1: The Writing With podcast is produced and edited by the team at Palm Tree Podco. Anthony Palmer is the executive producer.